Hey Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. Uh, happy Wednesday. I am sitting in as Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Delmendo, Ryan Herrera. Cody Del Stuckmeyer. Del there you go. Jared Willis. He's back. We let him back in. Credit to us. Uh, <laughs> it's nice of you guys. <laughs> Credit to us. You guys uh, welcome. At, if you watched yesterday... Luke didn't sound the greatest, and I think that carried into today. So we'll just leave it at that. That's why he's not here. <laughs> but he needs the Cubs to do something. Yeah, yeah that'll like revive him. Revive yeah. him. Honestly, yeah. I need the Cubs to do something too, so I can be revived because I am literally like fingertips off the off, on the on the cliff right now, just like hanging on <laughs> with dear life. All right, all of Cubs Twitter is ready to just blow everything up, scream, going to Cubs Con and all that, and I'm the only one on the hill that's like, shit's gonna happen. We're gonna get shit done. All right. And I'm probably not the only one, but I feel like I am because yeah. every single day on Cubs Twitter, everyone is just like miserable. I think the, the funny thing is like no one's even like no one's even like hanging or on the ledge anymore. Everyone's just like oh, off season's over, yeah, off season's just, busted. Like that's all Cubs Twitter is like yeah. fire jet into the sun, like that kind of stuff. And fire I'm like, Jesus. jet into and the what'll sun. be fun is <laughs> is as soon as they do start making some moves, then. It'll all shift the other direction. Well, but You're but right. if it's all, also we hope we hope. But if it's not Cody Bellinger first, it'll be. Are you oh, serious? Yeah. You didn't, you just oh, got yeah. this guy. Yeah, like That's if they sign, make some big moves. If they sign like they finally sign like a reliever <laughs> or something, then it's like all this time for this a reliever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's the hard thing about this time of year is you know at any moment yeah. it could happen. It, you know, right. you could, could get the 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 breaking news tweak could yeah. come out, but. Just so, wait. hit the like button. The screen says we have eight likes right now. Please hit the like button. Hit that subscribe button. As Luke Stuckmeyer always says, the best way to enjoy this podcast is on YouTube. All right? I see all the familiar names. I see my guy Mike Dubs in the chat. Omar. Rachel. Shout out to the UK. Tanya. I see all of you. And it's big of you to be here considering the fact that nothing has happened. That just shows how much of a baseball nerd you all are. So, I appreciate you. So, I guess the, the title of the headline today is, Do the Cubs need to make a move before Cubs convention? Not that I think anyone's going to actually go to the Sheridan Hotel on January 12th and, like, riot in the hotel lobby. But all I'm saying is, is that the vibes will not be what I envisioned them to be two months ago at Cubs, like going into CubsCon, mm -hmm. considering yeah. council was hired and then nothing has happened. So based off of vibes, I will say that I think the Cubs need to sign someone. Well, we've seen before when uh, Ricketts gets up, gets up on stage yeah. and doesn't get the warm reception that he's hoping yeah. for. Um, you could see that again if, if things are still quiet by next weekend. And not only the Ricketts family, but when you get the, the front office guys up there, um, some of their panels on Saturday, uh, they're, they're going to get a lot more tough questions, I think. Mm -hmm. And right. so part of me, I don't know, part of me kind of like maybe the schadenfreude part of me sort of hopes that they don't do anything before then because <laughs> Saturday could just, you know, Friday night, Saturday could be really kind of interesting. I, yeah. I sort of want to see them 
face the fans and yeah, you know and, yeah. and have the fans kind of stick it to them a little bit. No, I kind of so, like that. Yeah. Now you completely changed my mind. Right. Now I'm looking. Now I'm. I, I want chaos. Yeah. Okay. Do nothing until I, <laughs> next Friday. I kind of look at it as like. They could sign Cody Bellinger at some point in the next nine days, and people would still be angry. Mm-hmm. Like the vibe will still be a bunch of angry people yelling at him. <laughs> um, they could they could go out and sign three guys, and people would still be angry. So, and uh, I, I I don't know. I'm looking forward to the to the to the just seeing the the crowd reaction because, like I, the thing is, I think when we look at it, like Twitter is such a or just social media in general is such a like the the the, the loudest people in like any fan base are on social media and are talking that's what you see so like when you associate it it's you're not getting the entirety of the fan base so there will still be a lot of people at cubs convention that if they do end up signing cody bellinger and sign whoever happy right there'll be, there'll be good vibes whatever but you will also have that section of the fan base that is the vocal majority and is going to be very angry and, and so it's mm-hmm. going to be a uh, a weird mix of like fans whether they sign someone or not honestly i think I think if, even if they don't sign someone, there still will be that section of fans that are just like, oh, you know, Cubs convention, cool, like mm-hmm. good vibes only. But uh, it's going to be a weird mix of fans, and it's going to be a weird right. mix of uh, of a reaction. I still think Tom Ricketts will get booed by a majority of the crowd. Like that's yeah. that just happens every year. That's kind of a tradition at this point. But uh, <laughs> just the general vibe is going to be yeah. Um, it's going to be a weird mix of people, but I think that's what we kind of like about these things is you, well, you get you get the opinions and the ideas right. and the vibes from all, like the whole spectrum of fans. I think that's what we kind of like this. this yeah, this. I mean, I will say that it's a bad look on ownership to not do the panel this year after they did it last year. And I know, like, they signed Swanson, like, what, one or, like, one or two weeks before mm-hmm. Cubs convention last year, so that's probably why he did it. But... I just think it's a bad look to not do it this year, and it largely just, at least from the outside perspective, just because the front office hasn't done anything. You know what I mean? And so, to me, like that—that's not his fault or Laura's fault. Like that's not Tom or Laura's fault. This is like to me the 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 fact that nothing has happened with this, with, like when it comes to free agency or trades or whatever. I think it's more so on Carter Hawkins and Jed Hoyer than it is Tom Ricketts, uh, because I remember at the end of the year. It came out from Ron Coomer that Ricketts was pissed that they yeah, didn't make the Milwaukee. playoffs, right? right? And you can you know take that for her with a grain of salt, whatever. But to me, the fact that literally nothing has happened is largely because of Jed and Carter playing ball with Scott Boris right now. Yeah. And I just think it's 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 a bad look that you you didn't need to have, man. Like. That, you get what I'm saying by that, right? Because like, you're still referring to the you're talking about not the, doing the panel, yeah, yeah. Because okay. it does, it can come across like you're avoiding, Hiding. yeah. 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 you when you don't really have to. Like right. again, I think, in my opinion, at least, and I think a, a large majority of rational fans believe that as well. That this yeah. is more about the Cubs playing ball with Scott Boris right now than it is, oh, ownership doesn't want to spend any money, blah 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 yeah. blah. And when what you, I, well, I was gonna say what I will say about that that panel and like they pointed to the fact that like that panel and another one were like two of the lowest three rated mm-hmm. and you know maybe that could be an excuse whatever i will say that you sit there and you watch the panel with the rickets and it just turns into like craziness like it, it, it's chaos in there and it's like a lot of the questions that get asked aren't like real it's true uh, yeah. uh <laughs> constructive questions to be asking and it's it, it's just like that that's that's absolutely that true. environment 
if you're looking for like real truthful, like where are the Cubs at? What are you guys doing? Like that kind of stuff. I don't know if that environment is always the best place for it. I know Ricketts is doing some like, like kind of have a drink with Tom or something like that. And I don't know if that'll be any better. And like, I'm not saying I'm not trying to be biased, but I know like the scrums that myself or Jer or whoever are in with Tom, like the media members feel just to me better to like, again, to have those kind of constructive questions and conversations. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I, I will to play, I guess to play devil, devil's advocate a little bit like that. The, 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 the ownership panel doesn't always feel the most constructive to me anyway, but it's not, but, I would but, agree but, too. But, I, but I, but I also <laughs> understand the side of people like saying like, what, like, or, or, um, the side of people thinking that they're kind of hiding because they're not doing it. Right. Like, I, I don't know that. I don't think that's completely accurate, but I, I get where people are coming from that want to have the ability to ask Tom and whoever questions right. about what's going on. Mm. I and, get that. And to his credit, um, I think as far as owners go, he's, he's probably one of the most accessible because you see Tom Ricketts at a lot of games. He sits down there, you know, close to the, the Cubs batter's box. He'll, he interacts with fans at games so you know as a fan there's opportunities if you want to talk to him approach him whatever um but one of the things i did like about having the ricketts panel at the convention is for a lot of fans that's their one chance to go and tell them something ask a question share they are the ones investing money into the product right right? like they so the fans are the reason that the cubs are the cubs right and i mean that goes across the entire league that's why teams like the Oakland A's acting the way that they have been over the course of time like I feel bad for athletics fans or A's fans whatever you want to call them like like that ownership group doesn't give a shit about the team or anything right so like I've never I've never argued against fans who want to go and like hold ownership accountable absolutely I totally get that. like you can say that about the other teams in the city they definitely should be holding uh, the you know putting billboards up about you know, Jerry selling the team and all that for the Sox and the Bulls. And as a Bulls fan, I absolutely believe that he should, right? But, and so, like, I totally get what you're saying, and I agree with with what that look at it because, listen, sure, there's a lot of good things going on with the Cubs right now. There's no doubt about that. But it's been a while since they acted like like the big market team that they are. And... And I don't think anyone would complain about this if they were simply winning. Yeah. But they haven't won anything in five years. I mean, going to the wild card game in 2018, you can count that as winning. I mean, they technically made the playoffs that year. They won 95 games that year. But for five years, they, they haven't really won, unless you want to count the 2020 right. division championship in 60 games, which I don't. I personally don't, and I don't think majority yeah. of fans do either. So, yeah, there's... I understand both sides, and that's why I don't really argue with people about, you know, how they want to fan with that kind of shit. Because at the end of the day, the Cubs just haven't been winning. They haven't, and they need to start winning, considering they are the Cubs. And they they, they promised us, the, when Theo Epstein arrived, he promised us sustained success, all this stuff. Didn't so, get it. Yeah. Hasn't, hasn't really Didn't worked out that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, right. anyway. Well, I, I guess go back to the original question. I think they, sh- I think they absolutely want to have a, a signing done by the mm-hmm. Cubs convention, like, in just just in general. Like, like, I don't, I don't think the front office should like just sign someone or sign someone just to, to cater to the, the fans. fans or yeah. to appease the fans. You know, I would whatever. agree with that too. I don't think they should do that, but 
you're talking about nine days from now, you're talking about mid January, you know, three ish months into the off season, like it should it should be they should have someone in. They should not by this time next Friday should not have you know, the be the only team in the right. major leagues without a, an addition to the major league roster. I think just in general, not just as Cubs convention itself, but just in general, like they do need to start moving because you never, and, and whether Boris is holding up the market or not, like other pieces are going to start falling, whether that's just, you know, bullpen pieces that could be improvements to the bullpen, like other, other pieces will start falling. And if you just take way too long, you're going to start losing out on these other, you know, smaller deals. They may not be Cody Bellinger level or whatever, but you might start losing out on some of these smaller deals that could really, you know, impact your team in a positive way. Um, so I do think, you know, again, not making moves to appease fan the fan base, making moves so you're not losing out on guys that could that yeah. could be improvements to your roster. I think that's where we have to look at it, and they got to get moving on that. I love this comment from our guy Mike Dubs he says met Tom Ricketts outside of Hotel Zachary last year and he was hammered he asked how he did during his panel and I said good I guess all right there's some honesty (laughs) maybe that's why he's not doing the panel because Mike Dubs said good I guess yeah he's like man if good I guess is all I can get good I'm out specifically because my like when they refer to like the the fan feedback and and based on all the like Everything was like, great, 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 great. Oh, Mike Dub said good. Sorry, it's at the bottom yeah. of the list. Maybe what we need to do is find the bar where Tom Ricketts drinks after the convention yeah. and then just go belly up next yeah. to him there. And that, that's the way to go. That's where you ask the questions. Yeah. yeah. That's where you can ask your questions. All right. Well, wasn't going to sit here for an entire hour and complain about this particular thing. We actually talked about it longer than I expected. But uh, I guess could do some ad reads and then talk about this Jeff Passan article that came out today yeah. related to the hot stove. I know I see a lot of comments in the chat talking about that uh, article itself. So uh, let's do that first. Uh, it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. Absolutely right, Cody. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs. As we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow, whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help you guide, can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should business owners do, Ryan? Uh, well, they should go to ComEd.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. I was reading the chat, Ryan. What did, did you say comed.com slash clean? Yeah, listen up. Jared, listen up. Everyone in the building, listen up. Everyone listening to us right now, listen up. Comed.com slash clean. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Well done. Uh, you know, another, you know, it's the, it's the second day of 2024, and it's the perfect time to go to Midtown Athletic Club. Third day. Third day. I, I, I Whatever. <laughs> well, New Year's Day. I guess second maybe, of you, you know, yeah. Third, We're all third still day, second business day, whatever. Yeah. No one starts uh, their resolutions on New Year's Day anyway. That's right. But you that's can right. start them now and by going to Midtown Athletic Club for sure because uh, they got four Chicagoland locations, so I know a lot of everyone in the chat were all kind of spread out. You know, they got the one in Palatine, the one in Bannockburn, Willowbrook, and of course the one in Bucktown, Lincoln Park here in Chicago. Uh, 
The one at Palatine just launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete early this year. Uh, Midtown is offering no initiation fees this January at their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations as well. So, you know. That's great. No no fees? Like, that's that's good. This it's Listen, this place, when we, we really emphasize this. This place is for everyone. It's not just a gym. I think it's a lifestyle, a fitness lifestyle type place, right? Like it's for good for single people, families with kids. Jared, right? There you go. Luke Stuckmeyer. People looking to make lifestyle changes like me, because I said yesterday my New Year's resolution is lose 30 pounds. And, uh, you know, holistic wellness. Anyone looking for that, right? Uh, they have cool club, club features, right? The, the super luxe locker rooms with wet and dry saunas and premium amenities. Also, I just love the fact that they give you like a, a bracelet when you go in and it, it's used to lock the locker. So you don't even have to bring your own lock, which is something that I always forget when I go, when I've gone to a gym, right? Uh, amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs. They have a collection of boutique fitness studios with more than 100 classes per week, which are included in the membership. You don't even, you don't even pay for the classes. It goes into your membership, so you don't have to pay extra for those. Uh, it's, not, it's not gym quality. The spaces are boutique quality, they say. So and on top of that, our guy, Mark Carmen will say this, will agree with it. Yes. The best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Midtown has indoor and outdoor tennis, pickleball, paddle tennis, USTA professional quality all the way, on top of, like, a bunch of basketball courts as well. Just, we played there. I everything watched you Ryan want, dunk a ball. I did on like, a, like, on a six-foot. Oh, no, no, no. I dunked the ball. We're going to leave it at that. I dunked. <laughs> I watched it. Ryan dunk a basketball <laughs> there on you go. Courts, all right. No. And we didn't get video of oh, this? Oh, we got video. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's on our it Instagram. Is, it's it's on our there. Instagram account. On the CHGO Sports Instagram account. I'm going to have to dig yeah, that up to go find this. the show. Yeah. I did dunk. Uh, every, all the other contacts we don't need. This is, now, this is, Ryan, <laughs> this is Ryan's version of don't let the facts get in the way exactly. of your story. I, I support it. <laughs> <laughs> so head on over to midtown.com slash CHGO to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Woo. All right. So... Good old friend Jeff Passan. I didn't. I haven't said this on the show. When we were at winter meetings, I actually ran into Jeff Passan. Realized that he is not as short as I thought, but also <laughs> he literally broke the Eric Freddy news. I believe that's how you say his name. Fetty, the guy, Freddy, mm-hmm. Freddy, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Who he signed with the White Sox. I I met him. I ran into him. Was going to introduce myself, and he's like. He, and I was wearing a CHGO shirt, and he he obviously knows Kevin Kaduk very well because he used to work at Yahoo together, right? right? Uh, and he said that it's nice to meet you. Sorry, I can't talk right now. And he was literally on the phone. And so then like two minutes later, he broke that news of the White Sox making that signing. So if I had been more aggressive, then maybe he wouldn't have broke that news first. So credit to me. For you did a him service. Maybe yes. he would have told service. you. Oh, yeah. He would have told you and you could have broken the news. I could have. So. Maybe if I had tried. Yes. Yeah. Long story short, oh. I let him do his job and I deserve credit for that. <laughs> Um, anyway, he wrote, yeah, there's an article out on ESPN.com today, basically like a hot stove update going through all kinds of names. Um, I thought the first thing that I saw, cause I don't have this subscription to ESPN plus, um, I saw this from BR. Um, he expects Shota Iminaga to get over a hundred million dollars in, on his contract, which honestly doesn't really surprise me. Um, and I still mm-hmm. think the Cubs are in play for that. They haven't been. 
They haven't been, you know, fully linked. But there hasn't right. been a lot of conversation at all about yeah. anyone in the Cubs. And in some ways, that's scary to me. But also, it's not like other teams are rumored to be in on all these dudes. All I know is that he has to sign before, what, the 11th? I believe. The 11th, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so if it, there's going to be a signing before Cubs convention, maybe it's him. Maybe that's the one. That, like the day before the Cubs yeah. convention, maybe? Yeah. No, I think, yeah. So, like, reading um, Jeff Passan's hot stove article... Uh, one of the things, as you mentioned, was uh, Imanaga and, and likely to reach nine figures. And I, I think what he's saying is that, well, I mean, when we talked about it, like the beginning of the offseason, like Kodai Senga got, what, $85 million? Mm-hmm. And I think Imanaga was projected to get around that much. So I guess the way the market has played out, nine figures has become the expectation, was wasn't which wasn't something kind of the baseball world was expecting. I, I, I know we like, not that we were privy to all the Imanaga conversations, but that having read stuff at the beginning of the off season or when he was posted, like it was kind of, I think the expectation at the time was less than nine figures, five years, something like that. But now mm-hmm. it seems to have grown to a point where he's going to be getting nine, a nine figure deal. And I wonder how that also affects the pitching market. And that can sometimes be a product too of what, of the other things that have happened in the market so far where then teams look at re- reacting or responding based on what they've seen. You know, like the Dodgers are probably the best example. If you're in the NL West and you're trying at all to be competitive, now you have to start thinking about upping some of these offers, being more aggressive, because if you've, you've got a shot at all, at least on paper, we all know that there's no guarantee that any of this is going to work out the way that we expect. But, yeah, if I'm the Giants, um, then – my strategy might have to shift a little bit. And I thought, I know that was one thing that in Passon's article that he mentioned specifically is that, you know, the giants are now kind of expected to be one of the teams to really go hard after some of these remaining Scott Boris clients. And that's, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, you don't want to just concede the division just because the Dodgers have done so much. Um, And you could see some ripple effect in the rest of the national league as well. Mm -hmm. You know, even though the Cubs aren't in the same division, potentially down the road yeah. when you're talking about playoff matchups that's a team you're probably going to have to deal with at some point yeah so. and i know previously the giants were one of the suitors for cody bellinger um and sent but they went out and, and they signed uh jung hu lee a couple weeks back for a 113 million dollar deal so at least in passing's article himself he doesn't mention like when he talks about the giants he kind of mentions going after uh matt chapman or blake snell or both doesn't really doesn't have any mention of uh, Cody Bellinger in connection to Sa- to San Francisco. So, I guess for people in the chat, people listening, people that want the Cubs to give Cody Bellinger, like that's a good sign. That's like I don't think that's not confirming of the Giants or a, 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 yeah, the Giants are out on Cody Bellinger. But it's like a you're not linking one of the previously big suitors to a right. guy you really want anymore. That's I mean that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean the Giants the they definitely scare me more than the Blue Jays do. And when you talk about the Cody Bellinger market despite what you just said, only because they failed to sign a major free agent the last couple off seasons. So they have money to spend. I mean, they gave the guy from Korea way more than what people projected. Mm -hmm. And it's just because they had so much money to spend. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, and it's, it's not like they've been trying in past off seasons. We, We saw the whole Carlos Correa saga and all of that, where they're, the effort was there. So, they're, they're clearly in 
you know, intending to spend is uh -huh. when the opportunities are presenting themselves. So, yeah, even though Bellinger hasn't been linked to them directly that we've heard, doesn't mean, you know, that's not necessarily a, all right, you can rule them out on Cody Bellinger because um, that too can shift quite a bit mm -hmm. as this offseason progresses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know another. If you want to go through yeah, the list. Another part that. of this, um, of Passon's hot stove, um, was another Reese Hoskins connection to the Cubs. Um, Passon, quoting it from uh, from his story, uh, that Hoskins is likely as to take a one-year contract that would reestablish his value and allow him to hit free agency again at 31 and strike a long-term deal. Um, I remember at the winter meetings, uh, it was either the winter, winter meetings or GM meetings, um, and Scott Boris was kind of asked specifically about Hoskins and, and the kind of deal they might be looking for. Um, and, you know, Boris didn't rule out the one-year deal, but he also didn't rule out a two- or three-year deal, whereas, like, last year winter meetings right around when Cody Bellinger signed, the idea was, like, they want the one-year deal for Cody Bellinger. They want yeah. him to have the one-year deal. He even said, right, like he, had, he was offered – uh, a couple multi-year deals they didn't want they wanted the one-year pillow contract and but with Hoskins it was a little bit different and you know we talked to uh, John Morosi when we were down there uh, in Nashville at the winter meetings and he kind of said himself like if he's the Cubs he would probably try to get Hoskins on a, on a two or three year deal a multi-year deal um, so to see pass and kind of going the other way and saying likeliest is the one-year deal. I'm not saying that's a, a complete shift in what the narrative was around Hoskins, but it does kind of signify that, you know, one of the most connected people, uh, reporters in the in, in the baseball world, he's expecting a one-year pillow contract type deal for um, Reese Hoskins. And, you know, as far as the Cubs go, that's, you know, there's, I think we've talked about it. There's no real one bad one-year deals, right? Like you, right. you lose a lot of money in one year, but you're not, your, your long-term financial flexibility isn't, ruined so I still think Hoskins fits on this team uh, I still think he is a candidate for a good bounce back year um, but if it's that one year pillow contract I don't think the Cubs shy away from that yeah I mean I we're talking about I see people in the chat talking about Reese Hoskins I I've always thought that it would be a a solid signing right like it's not he's not going to be part of the, the the real future ahead but he's a guy that not only is he a veteran but it's not like like a lot of people want to compare him to Trey Mancini just because Mancini got two years, he was a veteran, he plays first base. But Reese Hoskins was really good with the Phillies for not yeah. just like a handful of years, mm -hmm. but like he's been really good with the Phillies his entire career. You look at Trey Mancini's career overall, like I was actually surprised he didn't play nearly as many years as I figured that or I thought that he did. And I just think Reese Hoskins has proven a lot more over his career to be a little bit more optimistic on than someone like Trey Mancini. So I, I don't, yeah. I, again, I, I understand how fans want to look at that, but he would be a fine add to, to honestly, I'd rather him DH than play first base. I'd rather if the, I'd rather them get Bellinger, let him play first base slash center field and slash outfield, whatever, and use Hoskins to play, uh, DH more so than anything else that that's how I look at it now throughout the season that will probably change PCA will come up so that means mm -hmm. that you have to basically play Bellinger at first base or in the corner outfield spots on days you want to give guys like Saya or Ian Happ a rest um, but again as we saw like 
throughout a 162 game season, like it, it makes sense that you gotta you're gonna do things different, not like a, you know throughout a year. So also injuries happen, right? Mm-hmm. All this stuff. So it's it's yeah. to me all of that stuff about like where guys will play and all this. It's it's not necessarily like not important, but to me the Cubs can't look at it like oh we have to play this guy here all the time when. You know, baseball happens, and the thing is, is I know, I think they know that. They know, yeah, they know that, and I think Hoskins, especially on a one-year deal, um, is like you said, Ryan. There's, there's almost no reason not to, because yeah. the worst-case scenario is you're losing some money for one year. Yeah, but the the potential upside is is pretty significant because. Um, we did see Hoskins as a very, very good player for the Phillies for quite a number of years. Yeah. Um, and if one thing that we've seen that the Cubs can do is they can got, find these guys that are you know, low risk but potentially high reward and you get something out of them and, and they, they reap the benefit. We just saw that with Cody Bellinger last year and you know, knock on wood going into the future. But... Um, remember where we were a year ago and and they signed Cody Bellinger he was coming off of three three awful years awful um that's a lot different than a guy who was injured and couldn't play for a year but Mm -hmm. had been very good leading up to that so um I actually I liked the the Hoskins possibility maybe a lot more than than it's getting credit for so um well also it's like a it's a one-year prove-it deal right like well, someone in the chat saying that he has no upsides, like he's literally playing for a long-term contract going into 2025. You know, that's like, exactly I, yeah. what you there's just. No one thought Cody Bellinger had any upside. Yeah, I, yeah that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's what yeah. you just had a year ago, and it worked out pretty nicely yeah. because yeah. if not for Cody Bellinger, the Cubs season turns out a lot differently in 2023. Um, so I don't see what's what's not to like about this because I, it's like, the yeah, same well, kind of thing. It, as you mentioned, like the worst case scenario is he either gets hurt or isn't very good and you lose however much money you have to pay him, $20 million, whatever. I don't know if that's going to be it, but throwing a number out there, uh, you lose that amount of money and then he's gone and you don't have to worry about it after that, right? Right. Or uh, one of the better case scenarios is he's really good, goes back on the market and you may want to re-sign him if you're, in, if you're the Cubs front office, <laughs> but you have a leg up now, like as you do, like you had, you built, you had an entire year to build a relationship yeah. with the guy as you did with Cody Bellinger. And, you know, as a Boris client, that may not be the biggest difference, uh, but it still does matter in that this guy was able to get comfortable in your organization for a year. He knows what you're about. He knows what you're bringing. He knows what he has in the organization. So that just, it's an, it's a, an advantage and you're not having to do the whole recruiting pitch. Same, mm-hmm. Similar to what the Cubs with Cody Ballinger now, they don't have to do the whole recruiting yeah. pitch with him and Boris because they did it a year ago and he got to see it up close and personal for a year. So I'm saying that's one of the better scenarios and that if you do end up wanting to resign him after a one-year deal, you, you have a little bit of an advantage there or just a head start. Um, and, you know. We could be saying a year from now, Give us Hoskins back. They got to re-sign Hoskins. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we we could. The, and, the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is just really not that bad. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and and the reason again, also that it's not that bad. And as much as I don't like him defensively at first base, who knows? Maybe 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 he improves. I I don't know. But all I do know is that it's not like the Cubs have someone who can they can just plug in at first base, not named Cody Bellinger. 
and you'd rather play Cody Bellinger in the outfield, mm-hmm. right? Right, because I would, I would say right now, tell me who your first baseman is for the Cubs, given who's on the roster right now, who's <laughs> playing first base? Uh, Matt Mervis or Patrick Wisdom, I think, right. at this like, point, right? Like, yeah. So. And, I, and I like Mervis. It's just that you, you just don't know. You don't oh, know. Huge the Cubs, yeah. it, if they don't sign Hoskins, then I think that's a signal that they are high, higher on Mervis than we all think. Or that they've re-signed Bellinger and think he can eventually move to first. Right. Well, I don't that, know. I and, just, and that's the thing is like, okay, they sign Bellinger. He probably starts the year in center field, eventually moves to first base. Who's going to play first base in the meantime before PCA is comes back to the majors? I don't know. I guess it might be Mervis. It might be Patrick Wisdom. But like either way, you can't go into 2024 with those two as your options. And... That's I, I and I genuinely don't think they will. Yeah, I, I'd be pretty surprised if if. And, and again, I'm I I, yeah. I like Mervis. I want to believe in Mervis, and I think he deserves a longer leash. Like a hundred plate appearances does not just define you as a major league baseball player. Yeah. But again, it's not like he's some highly touted prospect. He's like 26. It's not like he's 22. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's a there's a lot to work on. Or he had to. He went back to Iowa to specifically work on the swing and all these things, right? So, kind of just comes down to like how do the Cubs view him? And I yeah. think them signing Hoskins will be telling on how they view Mervis. Yeah, right. A um, couple more things from Jeff Patson's article, and one that really stopped to me actually. Um, he talked about some of the big trade, um, uh, pitching trade candidates that were on, have been on the market this offseason. Um, obviously, he mentioned Tyler Glasnow getting traded to the Dodgers. He said Dylan Cease could still be traded, but there is an argument to hold him, improve on what was a disappointing 2023, and then you know have him back on the market the next year. Um, but one thing that stood out to me was he said the chances that Corbin Burns and Shane Bieber uh, get dealt are dwindling. He said they share a pair of traits that dampen their value. Both are free agents at the end of the upcoming season, and they play for teams planning on contending for division titles. Um, you know, not sure this is speculation. Or it could be more like an informed speculation from mm-hmm. Jeff Passan, but to see, you know, the Corbin Burns, I, I, I don't know that we ever really looked at him as like a, a, <laughs> a, a real possibility for the Cubs. Like it was, no. he would fit well, like, It'd be a dream. Potentially something could get worked out, but yeah. uh, I don't know that that was ever really there. Shane Bieber was someone that we thought was more of a realistic possibility um, for the Cubs to trade for from Cleveland. Uh, but not hearing this, it's it, it sounds like, um, you know, both those teams may be leaning towards holding on to a couple of, of major trade pieces <laughs> on the pitching market, which, again, makes me wonder how does that – how would that affect – the rest of the pitching market, specifically the free agents, if teams that were hoping to trade for someone like Corbin Burns, right, ultimately aren't able to get him anymore, now they have to look what, elsewhere. Where for do options. they? How yeah. do they pivot? And how does that affect the rest of the market? And something potentially to keep an eye on, you know, for July is, yeah, those are both teams that are hoping to contend, but also both teams who could see things very easily go the other way, and so then and move the trade deadline. Burns and Bieber are great trade options come July. So maybe if the Cubs don't trade for them now, something to keep an eye on. I think that's showing that those two teams aren't getting the offers that they want. Right. 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 I'm sure they've talked to people and just they've realized 
we're not going to get the kind of offer we want right now. Mm-hmm. So Shane Bieber's value is kind of lower compared right. to like where it was when he won. There's some Young, question marks years and, ago, yeah. Right. Yeah. and you know, Burns, he's great, but free agent at the end one of the year. year left. Like but no if, one's going to give up a top prospect for yeah. him. Let's say Milwaukee just, it, they don't do well in the first half and it's yeah. the Cubs and the Reds are who knows, you know, at the top of the division, we talked about this last week, but, um, then Milwaukee might be much more inclined to say, let's let's look at dealing Corbin Burns or somebody like Shane Bieber, who's not getting great offers now. When a team's looking to add an arm for a second half run, then your offers can can shift a little bit. Right. So yeah. I, Corbin Burns was always a dream to me. Yeah, I just never yeah. thought that the like yeah. the Cubs could call. But I don't think the Brewers want to work with the I don't Cubs. know if the Especially Brewers are going to pick up counsel. the phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think they're going to hang up the moment they hear Jed Hoyer's voice, they see, man. Yeah, if they see Jed, Jed Hoyer on the you know, <laughs> caller ID, they're just not even going to that block call, right? Jed, blocks Jed's number. <laughs> right. And, Can't even give him and I've, I've been... I've been pretty like adamant that I would love to get Bieber on this team. I, I know the strikeout numbers have came down the last years, but it's been but down. It, and the velocity's down, but it, it doesn't... I guess for me, on a one-year deal or one year left depending on what you had to trade and this again this is why the guardians it looks like at least at this point based on this article it looks like they don't want to move him because they ain't getting the, the deal that they want i think you're gonna have to move your top prospects for a guy like shane bieber uh but the guy's got one year to prove that he's worth however much money mm-hmm. and as we've seen on the pitching market this year people are paying top dollar for guys like this so He's got. He's basically playing with kind of like house money in terms of like I can get if I have if I somehow what get back to whatever form I was. And again, it's not that like he was. He's even been bad. It's more of just like he hasn't been striking out as many people. The velo, like you said, kind of came down, but he was still a quality pitcher. Yeah. Still, he still pitched a lot of innings. You know, if he was able to, if the Cubs were able to help him get back to some of that form which they've shown to do that with guys in the pitch lab. Like maybe you're, maybe you strike gold with him too. And that's why I was, I've been kind of high on the Cubs getting him. So clearly the Cubs aren't offering what they, what the guardians want right now. And they're trying to get more than what probably most of us think. And I don't know, man, like it comes down to the, like, you you gotta, you gotta, if you're going to play in the trade market, you gotta get creative. You gotta, you gotta make you gotta make a bold move. When it always comes with the risk of letting go of some of the prospects that For you've sure. stockpiled yeah. over the years, and and we all know that that's you know that's that's a calculated risk that you have to take sometimes, where you're sending some of those those players to another team, and then um, that that carries with it, you know, for fans a whole different level of frustration, where you know you see one of those guys go somewhere else and reach yep. the majors and do well, mm-hmm. and then you start kind of looking back and we do play that revisionist history game you know with those kinds of trades too yeah. so that's that's always something to keep in mind when we talk about oh, let's trade for this guy trade for that guy yeah keep in mind what that means yeah uh, um, and then one more that kind of piqued my interest but i'm just like not i was kind of like curious what your guys thoughts are on this one um you know jeff passon talks about jd martinez who was with the dodgers this last season after a few years in boston um, here's the list of players with at least 450 plate appearances and a higher slugging percentage than Martinez in 2023. Shohei Otani, Corey Seager, Aaron Judge, Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna Jr., Jordan Alvarez, Mookie, and Mookie Betts. That's it. Seven All-Stars and then the 36-year-old Martinez. 
for me, I don't. I'm not sitting here and saying the Cubs should get him. I don't think he should be a, a, a high priority right now. I think there's definitely others that they should be looking at, and potentially others that should fill mm-hmm. that DH spot. But if one of the 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 more worse scenarios happen for the Cubs, and they don't really have a a, a big addition or you know whatever it is, if it gets down to it. Would J.D. Martinez pique your interest? I mean, based off what you just told me, yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, he's, he's going to be a DH yeah, for sure. He's, he's definitely he's only a he's, DH. He's only he a doesn't DH play at any this first point. base at all. Um, but, I mean, he's had, you look at just the last, I don't know, 10 years, solidly above average uh, WRC+. Plus. Um, 2020 was a down year for him, but that was a weird year for everyone. Um, but he's coming off a 135 WR, uh, WRC plus season in LA after 119 and 126 his last two years in Boston. Yeah. Look, I, again, I'm not saying like this. This is not me saying go out and get JD Martinez right, right now. Like that would feel like a. Uh, it would kind of feel like a consolation pickup. Like it would feel like it, they missed out. They missed Hoskins, out. They yeah. missed out on some of the guys they wanted to fill some of the, like especially the DH spot. And they went out and they went out and got a bat that they believed in, but may not be game changing bat. So that's what it would feel like. Also, he's older. Yes, but if it got down to it, and that was the only route they had left, I, it would just depend on how else they been. filled out the. Yeah. Route. As far as like consolation signings, you could do a lot worse. Definitely, um, <laughs> that's true. And he does so. And it would also depend on what's going on with Christopher Morrell, right? Yeah. right. Has he shown the kind of improvements to move yeah. into the field that you want? Do you keep him? Uh, on the team versus trade him, like I think, I think that also plays a. Uh, a I mean, Morel could easily be their DH next year. I just, yeah, I think saying. we all want him to be able to find a position yeah. finally. Right, that, but that's what I'm saying. Is like, is he going to have to be your DH again? Because if he is, and you want him to be your full time DH, then you're most likely not going out and getting JD Martinez. Right. Well, so. a couple of things to consider. So again, you know, if if you're looking at this as like a consolation signing, which it it really kind of would be. Yeah. Um, two things. One. You can expect he's probably going to provide some much-needed power to the lineup. We've talked about this before. The Cubs need more more power bats. Uh, he he would be one. Um, he had, what, 33 home runs last year. We mm-hmm. talked about the slugging percentage. Not only that, if they are going to sign him for a one-year deal, he's probably not going to be super expensive. He only made $10 million from the Dodgers last year. Um, so... Not that I'm trying to talk anybody into this or get anybody like excited about it, but if that scenario played out and this is what happened, um, I don't think it's nearly as as bad as people might think at first. Again, I don't think that they're going for Martinez unless some other things that they've tried haven't worked. Um, and you are trying to add a bat, then he's he's a. There's a lot of reasons to like this. Yeah. I again, I don't, I don't. It. It's a, it's a solid bat to add to the lineup, especially right. when we're talking about adding some power, which we know the Cubs need. I mean, they need more of it. If it was lefty power, it would be even better. But the, in general, they just need power. But it, it would still feel like something went wrong in the routes they wanted to take yeah. where yeah. they ended up having to turn to J.D. Martinez. Right. Well, I think that's and I think the only pro out of it, if they actually did sign him, is that they probably are going to give Morrell the chance to play the field. That'd be the only right. positive because you're signing it. him, and it, it probably Perhaps. does mean that yeah, yeah. Morel yeah. is is playing a lot of third base or something right. like that. that yeah. So maybe maybe that he plays some first base too, just because he played some first base in winter ball. I I, I don't know, but 
it's just interesting. And I, I mean, I have not seen anything about the Cubs being linked to JD Martinez or anything. No. Um, but it's just like an interesting. It's a hypothetical. Line. Yeah, like let's, hypothetical. Yeah, something like, to consider. I think yeah. the fit probably is is an okay fit for this team. Especially again, as I mentioned, um, depending on what Morel's doing and how you feel about how they feel about Canario. Um, but I think the the fits the fit is there. Um, but it would just not feel like it's a. It feels like if they're going down the ladder, like that's definitely not one of the higher rungs of what they want to get done right now. Yeah. If they were, if that were to happen, it would feel like they missed out on a couple guys. For sure. Uh, well, we had one more, right? Marcus Stroman. Do we have one more? Yeah, you put it in there. Oh yeah. Notion. Uh, Marcus Stroman. Oh, this is from again from Passon, uh, in a category of his own. Uh, below the nine-figure bunch, but far ahead of his other peers, could still grab a high annual number, uh, Lucas Giolito style, and hope a team separates itself with the years, uh, which feels like where Marcus Stroman was two was it two years ago, yeah. two and a half years ago. Maybe gets a um, two or three-year deal. Yeah, you got you got the you got Giolito the, got like two or three for thirty-eight million. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he, I mean, yeah, two. I think it's two year thirty-eight. Right? Two years, yeah. So pretty high or relatively high AAV for a couple of years. Um, I don't know. I I don't see. I know you. That was your bold prediction. I don't that see the Cubs. Bold prediction, yeah. I don't see the Cubs bringing back Marcus Stroman. Um, I mean, maybe you know. You never never really know. It's especially depending on how the pitching market evolves over the next few weeks. But um, I don't see it happening. But I. I mean, I do see Marcus Stroman. He's thirty one. I think. Um, I see him getting like a, probably a similar deal to what he got with the Cubs um, going into that lockout. Maybe an opt out here or, or after a couple of years relatively higher AAV um, but not not something like super long term I don't think I always said that he was worst case scenario like if he came back to yeah. Cubs it was always worst case scenario that means that they missed out on Yamamoto they missed out on Otani who could pitch in 2025 they missed also, out on Montgomery they missed out on Blake Snell who everyone in the chat is talking like legitimately would be like right. the last option and he and it probably worst case scenario for him as well because he did choose to opt out of what was a 21 million for 2024 because he thinks he has a chance at getting more years, higher AAV. Mm-hmm. And if he comes back to the Cubs, then it probably means that he wasn't getting those kinds of offers. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's, I know I talked about this last week, but it's tough with him because you have the first half Marcus Stroman, who was a Cy Young candidate, an all-star, um, really outstanding pitcher in the first yeah. half, but then injuries and everything. And, in the second half, you know, changes the way you look at the guy. But well, there's definitely that. That was back-to-back years, right? Like his first year, you know, he struggled to start out. He got hurt. He, I know he had COVID, and yeah. I mean, but in the second half, he was really good. So like, he's had both those years with the Cubs where he had pretty high ups, but also pretty low downs. So yeah. there was yeah. not enough consistency. Yeah, right, right. And injuries, and it was injuries, like yeah. weird because most of his career, he's been pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. Of course, first year COVID, whatever. You wanna, you, yeah, you call that an injury, fine. But like shoulder information came back too early, whatever. The stuff last year was at least you know because I know it started out some back issues and stuff like that. And you know, with any athlete, baseball players especially, when you start having back problems, that that can be something that just plagues a guy for True. the rest of their careers. So, sure. um, yeah, yeah, I'm. It's not. Again, it, it'd be worse. That's why it was scenario. my bold prediction last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's bold. It's it for is sure. bold. It's for yeah. sure bold. For sure. It is bold. Uh, you know what's not bold? Going on Circus Sportsbook and having fun. Responsibly having lots of fun, like I do every day. <laughs> all right. 
Three reasons why I love Circa. They're tight money line splits. Games strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa Sports menu, unlike other sports books, which may use minus 115 or minus 120. Uh, Circa Sports keeps as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to other books. Uh, you know, another thing, they, they don't limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. They encourage bettors to actually download and explore other sports betting apps available just to compare the lines, just to com- see how much some books will take away from you mm-hmm. based off you killing the sports betting game, like sometimes I do. Uh, <laughs> but not all the time. But not all the time. You know, it's, it's a roller coaster, <laughs> and that's sports betting in general. If you don't know that, then... I'm letting you know there there are there are ups and there are downs, mm-hmm. uh, and then finally their their customer service is my favorite part because I really don't like chatbots I really don't and they don't have them they use actual people man the real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion unlike other books who use chatbots all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circus Sports book at Circus Resort Resort and Casino in Las Vegas my second favorite place in the world right behind Wrigley Field. All right, so download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, text GAMB to 833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Well, I'm not, admittedly, I'm not much of a sports gambler. I dabble. Mm-hmm. But what I do love is getting just decked out in some sports gear, I mean, we've got Ryan with the Mizzou hoodie on mm-hmm. today. Cody wearing the Illinois basketball shirt. So look, you guys looking good in your sports gear. Um, that's very nice of you to say. Foco <laughs> comes into the picture so Foco. we can get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Um, they make this time of year, who doesn't love a good hoodie? Um, hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Um, and as baseball season does finally arrive mm-hmm. that means it's time for aloha shirts we all know ryan and the that's hawaiian me. shirts that's me if you're into straw hats polos bags everything you need for going to a game um even here in the chgo studio we've got set decorations that they donated um they donated a few awesome pieces for our sets so those of you watching listening go show foco some love um, you can check out foco.com or on YouTube. Click the link in the description below. And for non all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO10 for 10% off. Beautiful. 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 Um, earlier in the chat, Barb said that she thinks I'm not reading the chat and because I got angry yesterday. I did not get angry yesterday, Barb. Kind I don't of, remember what she said, but I did snap back. But I wasn't angry. Oh, she said she was going to call you. you and, yeah, you she and said Stucky, I was salty. Yeah. You know, she was going to call you and Stucky bum of the week yeah. for, uh, for, tra- well, if they trade for trading PCA. PCA. Yeah, yeah. For trading PCA <laughs> for Jesus Lazardo, And it's only because Barb didn't know who Jesus Lazardo was. And it's like you can Google the guy and you can see that he's very good. All right. Is that an official designation, bum of the week? According That's, to her. According to her. According right. to her, yes. I'll try to so, avoid that. Bum of the week. But I am reading the they chat. You never want to be Barb's bum of the week. No. no, no. We always read the chat. We always read the chat, read the chat. Whether Sarah's we want to or not. Responding. Yeah. Sarah said that they that she wants the Cubs to sign Justin Bieber instead of trading That's for been Shane my Bieber. just little bit going on until we actually sign someone. I'll just start <laughs> throwing Justin out Bieber. names. Yeah, because of the Bieber guy. So that's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Bieber guy. <laughs> uh, 
someone in the chat also said only right, 35 likes but we're up to 40 now and i did see that we had over 100 people in here we're still at like 130 something right now it'd be nice if you guys would yeah. hit the like button man like, nice it's, it's a very simple easy way. thing to do like it's very big of us to be here and talk about the lack of nothing happening <laughs> for the know? last three months for the last yeah. three months we're still here to talk about the cubs and vent about the cubs like five days a week four days a week for us but you know cory and brennan they count Right, so you get a show like five that? days a week, all year long. Yeah, I mean, all year long. It's... All right. Um. So it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Wild Thought Wednesday. So I guess we can incorporate this uh, this thing that I saw on Twitter today, which was Tommy Hadovy was on the score, and he basically gave like his wish list. I call it a New Year's resolution because it's New Year's still, basically. And he said that his wish list is a starter and two bullpen pieces uh, for the Cubs. Mm -hmm. He's a pitching coach for the Cubs, if you don't know. Um, so I figured all three of us could go through and give like the a starter and two relievers that we would like the Cubs to get. And everyone's been at, like putting their thoughts. There's been a lot of Blake Snell talk in the chat. I've seen a lot of other names as well, mainly Blake Snell. Um, but uh, yeah, so I figured we can go through this. And you want to start first? Uh, Jared? Yeah. You know what? I'll start uh, in the spirit of boldness, perhaps. My <laughs> starting pitcher choice is somebody who is not going to do anything for you in 2024, but you've got massive potential upside 2025, and that's Brandon Woodruff. Brandon um, Woodruff. I, I love, I love the, the potential ceiling on this guy. Yes, I know that bringing him in you're not again like i said you're not getting anything from him 2024 um maybe maybe a late season return but i think that's you know probably wishful thinking you're really signing the guy um for next year but in which he would probably be it'd be similar to like a reese hoskins cody bellinger type deal right drew smiley if you want to use former Cub or current cubs because they did that in like yeah. 2019 they, yeah they did that with him um, I think I'd seen somewhere Tyler Maley was a similar like two year deal yeah. coming off injury. Yep. So there's there's potential there to to bring him in for cheap mm -hmm. um, because of just because of the reality that yeah you're 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 paying him to be on the team in mm -hmm. 2024 but he's not going to play. Um, but what he could do for that rotation in the future I think would be massive. Yeah. And just in general, we like Mississippi pitchers. We already have one in Justin Steele, so why not get another? I think uh, Brandon Woodruff is from Tupelo, Mississippi, Mississippi, if I remember correctly. The, uh, the pride, what's it? What is it? Tupelo. Tupelo, 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 Tupelo Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. Pride of Tupelo, Mississippi. Pride of, well, <laughs> Elvis is from Tupelo, so oh. he might have something to say about that. Okay. But, um, <laughs> I did not know. But, but yeah, hey, you know, why not get another Mississippi guy in that rotation? So I'm going Brandon Woodruff. Okay. okay. We're going to do the starting pitchers first? Sure. Or? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, um, here, you go. Also, Tupelo is where uh, Ray Schremer is from. I just looked it up on Wikipedia. So if you know who Ray Schremer is, then another, another pride of <laughs> Tupelo, Mississippi, <laughs> along with Brandon Woodruff and Elvis Presley. Am I supposed to know who that is? Ray Schremer? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're, a, they're, a, they're a rap duo. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. A anyway, anyway, a, a rap duo. Oh, see that. See, okay. nah, I they, should they, know this. I'm, but I'm, I'm more of were, a 2000. I, I don't know what guy. he's talking about. They either. were big okay. when I was in college. Okay. Uh, they, okay. Uh, they did I'm the glad black, that Sarah doesn't. They know did the the man the, the mannequin challenge song, Black Beatles. Oh, that was that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's all you had to say. Yeah, that's all you had to say. I mean, I figured Ray Schremmerd was as a name, but I guess not. Okay, my starting pitching. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring. The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What my starter pitcher for my... Wild Thought Wednesday, Tommy Hadovy wish list. Um, I went with Blake Snell. I understand the some of the inconsistencies in his career, um, but he is a two-time Cy Young winner. I don't know. He's, I think he's 31. I don't know that you'd have to give him a super long-term contract. The AAV might be high, um, which, as we know with Jed Hoyer, like he, he has been straight up and said that um, – He's he is willing to give a little bit more on the on the average annual value side um, versus the years. Like we know, this front office is less worried about the overall money more than it is like the long term financial commitment. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I don't think you're going to have to give him a super long term contract. And things that I've seen don't suggest that either. Things I've read. Um, and like I said, he was a he was a Cy Young award winner this last year. I know the walks are a pretty big problem, but he also has the whiff rates the strikeout rates the v like he 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 has when we've talked about what you want to add to this rotation we've talked about adding more swing and miss adding more velo adding all this stuff to the rotation to kind of give a little differentiation in there and i think blake snell would be uh you know pretty big a, a, a pretty big contributor to having a little bit of that difference of versus what um the rest of the cubs rotation has and has had now again as i said he has had his ups and downs in his career, right? Like his, la- his Cy Young award, the first Cy Young he won was in 2018. It was five years in between his, his, second, his first and his second Cy Young award. So um, it would be a risk for sure. But I think if you're talking about, you're still talking about the top of the rotation market, guy coming off a Cy Young award. We've talked about this Cubs and their belief in their pitching infrastructure. Maybe they can figure out how to get him a little more consistent. He may not be Cy Young Blake Snell, but if you could get more consistency year to year out of him, then the, the a few extra years don't necessarily scare me off. I think, I mean, what if it, I've seen five years out there with a little higher AAV. I don't think that's a bad deal for him. And so I think um, if I'm looking at the, the wish list right now, like Blake Snow would be, right now he'd feel like a great guy to pair with Justin Steele at the top of the rotation. Yeah. And then, you know, see what happens. Um, I mean, I'm not against it. The only thing about Blake Snell that scares me is the walks. Yeah, it's the only thing sure. about him that, that scares me. 
He's been a little bit inconsistent over his career. It's not like he's ace Mm -hmm. every single year, it feels like. He had some great years with the Rays, goes to Padres, and it was kind of up and down for most of it. I felt like, of course, in his walk year, he puts out a Cy Young season. Like, So how do I feel about him going forward? Again, 31. I don't know. We'll see. So I'm not against it. Uh, Mine is Jordan Montgomery. Um, I couldn't decide between him or Emu Naga from Japan. And I just think that it's, it's kind of the same thing with Blake Snell, right? Like mm-hmm. over the course of his career, he was a very average, he's been a very average pitcher. However, those last three years, he's pitched over 150 innings each season. He's made 30 starts at least the last three years. Mm-hmm. So he's been healthy. He's been, yeah. he's been able to go out there every fifth day and pitch. He's had an ERA under four the last three years. So for the last three years, he has been consistent, right? But just overall, what you're looking at, like, mm-hmm. sure, strikeouts per nine isn't great. It's at 7.92 this past season, 7.97 the year before. Like, obviously, the Cubs need more strikeouts. Does he provide that? I don't think so. But he has been consistently eating innings and giving you quality innings at the same time. And with the defense that the Cubs have – Perhaps his numbers even get even better. So it's uh, you know that's where I'm at. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. like there are other guys, and, I, and Blake Snell well, probably will be better. But I'm I'm not against a guy like Jordan Montgomery. And the nice thing about the position that the Cubs are in right now, they don't necessarily they're not looking for a top of the rotation starter. They don't really need that necessarily. So that's why somebody like Montgomery or Blake Snell could come in. Um, and is going to have a positive impact on the rotation, but they're not. You're not yeah. signing these guys expecting them to be a Cy Young pitcher or a top of the rotation guy. They don't need to be. You, you kind of have that already. So yeah, I, I, I with with my Snell pick, I think I picked him more for the sake of bringing some difference to the rotation. Like Jordan Montgomery may be the safer choice. He might cost you less. Uh, might be more. You could predict a little bit more dependability out of him, mm-hmm. but I think for for the ceiling that Blake Snell has shown, he has he's I think he's about the same age as Jordan Montgomery, and with what he could, you know, he's the potential he can bring as far as just bringing difference to the rotation. I think that that feels a little bit better to me. I don't expect him to be a Cub. I think I actually think Jordan Montgomery is probably a little more realistic for the Cubs to sign mm-hmm. than Blake Snell, but um, I think he. I, I, just for me, just more more difference in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we're almost out of time, so let's do the relievers really quick. I'll go. Yours. I'll go quick. The two guys that um, I went with, I uh, go went righty, lefty, uh, Jacob Janice and Matt Moore. Um, short answer is I like them both because they've got good strikeout rates and they would fill a need that the Cubs have, which is Cody. We talked about this before the show. Those innings between the starter and the back end of the rotation, I think that's where the bullpen needs the most help. These are both guys that are going to do good for them on that front, um, kind of bridging the gap in like the sixth, seventh inning. So um, those are both guys I think would fit in nicely. <laughs> my, uh, my, my two relievers that I throw out there, Robert Stevenson, who we've talked about, yeah. we actually talked about earlier in the offseason. I think he'd fit in really well. Um, coming off a, a pretty solid season, so um, and I don't think he'd break the bank. Obviously, for a reliever, I, he's, he's, I think his 
he's gotten a little bit more hype as the offseason's gone along. I've seen him mentioned a little bit more um, by the national guys, but I don't think he's someone that's going to cost you a ton of money, and I think he'd fit in uh, well and be dependable for that bullpen. And then I threw the the first uh, trade uh, guy, guy, guy that's coming in from a trade to fill this wish list, Emmanuel Class A. Um, we've we've talked about it. I, I don't know how realistic it still is, or you know if it's a possibility. Whatever. He obviously uh, I, would slide right into closer. Yeah, I don't know what the Cubs would have to give up to get him. Um, and I think what we've talked about, and what we've seen, is that it would probably be a uh, a package of some sort from Cleveland. But I do think he's a yeah, he's a good pitcher, but an all star in the past. Um, fits in in the back end of that bullpen. Uh, I, I think that's just what the Cubs need more dependability out of that back end of the bullpen. I, I, I do like, obviously, what Adbert brought to the table last year. Um, you know, they had solid pitchers in that back end, but I think Class A might be just an improvement over there. And then it allows the other guys to have, uh, you know, clearer, more defined roles and, and maybe move up to, I think overall it just benefits the bullpen. Yeah. And then I also threw Jordan Hicks as a question mark. Didn't he sign? I thought he signed. Did he? I didn't see that he signed. Oh. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought he signed with someone. I the chat will let us know. I don't believe so. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Cause Jordan Hicks would be – I mean, he would definitely add I don't in think that, he has that strikeout, the swing and miss. He's got that heat. Yeah. Jordan he Hicks does not is still show a free his, agent. Yeah, no? he's not okay. I think he's gotten some um, buzz okay. and some maybe connected to some rumors. Happened. But okay. uh, I think he – I don't know, question mark, right? Like, yeah. he's, he has velo. Like yeah. He has, like, 100th percentile velo, which I don't know. I, I, I don't, again, I don't expect the Cubs to sign him, but I think that would be an interesting pickup if they were to. Yeah. Um, okay, so my two relievers, uh, Brent Suter, uh, former Milwaukee yeah. pitcher, pitched in Colorado last year, was pretty, I believe, was oh, like for pitching in Colorado, he was pretty good for the Rockies last year. Obviously, because he pitched in Milwaukee, has a relationship with Council. I feel like that could, you could, you know, everyone wants to talk about perhaps Josh Hader just because of him and his relationship with Craig Council. I just don't think the Cubs are going to spend a hundred plus million dollars for a closer. Uh, nor, not, not that I, I don't really care uh, <laughs> whether they do or not, but I just don't think they will. Yeah. Um, so I, I like him as a you know a middle relief guy, and then someone in the chat keeps bringing him up. Hector Neris is a guy that I kind of like, and it kind of goes back to the whole reason why I like Jordan Montgomery. He's just mm-hmm. been consistent throughout his career uh, between Philadelphia and Houston. The last two years with Houston, 60 plus innings pitched, strikeouts per nine over 10, 10.88 in 2022, 10.14 in 2023, ERA under two last year. 3.72 ERA in 2022. Um, for for largely all of his most of his career, he's been a very solid middle to back end reliever for the Astros and the Phillies throughout his time. So, yeah. and the fact that he's been healthy too. I mean, in 2021, he even pitched 74 innings. So like he's been healthy. He's been consistent out consistent out there, uh, giving quality innings. So. Those are my two relievers. So, and bring back David Robertson while you're at it. He's a good guy. <laughs> He's bring a very him. good guy. I'm good still guy. waiting for the solid Murray. pitcher for yes. as as far in his career I, as he is. He I'm still was, waiting liked, for Cody Hoyer to get that minor league deal. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. see what's gonna happen with that. What were you gonna say, Jared? I'm sorry. Oh, just David Robertson was. He was a good guy to talk to, like just okay. a quality person. Yeah. So, if for no other reason, bring him back. I think he used to like they would play chess in the clubhouse, and he was the guy behind that. So, yeah. might have um, been. Yeah, David Robertson. He'd fit in well, obviously, with this uh, 
clubhouse and in that bullpen, I think. He's been pretty yeah. pretty good in the back end for different teams the last two years. For sure. All right. Well, how many minutes did we go over, Sarah? Like seven? Six. Six? All right. Big of us to find a way to go over an hour when there's nothing happening. <laughs> uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Corey's joining us, Barb. Uh, in case you're wondering, Jared, uh, Barb keeps referring you referring to you as Alligator Man. Uh, so oh, is that? Okay. Yeah, what I is assume that? she's talking what about she was you. talking about. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure she's talking about you. I wonder why. I was going to ask okay. you at the end of the show, what does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> I thought okay. she called no you Ben Zobris' dad last week. <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes more sense. <laughs> that does kind of make yeah. sense because of the beard yeah. and That's, the hair. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know, though, because he and I are almost exactly the same age, so I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway, well, again, we'll be back tomorrow. Corey will be in studio uh, with me and Ryan. Yeah. So we'll see you at 1.30 tomorrow. Yeah, that way we can have Studio A. New time. Yeah, new time. It's only 10 minutes later than regular. Right? At 1.20, it's it's a cool thing, but we want to be in Studio A. So we're going to be at 1.30 tomorrow. Cool. We'll see you all then. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cups podcast. Fly the W. Go, 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 go. Go, go, go.